Hi everyone, it's Emily and I just wanted to say a quick hello, hey, aloha beforehand before we start getting into this podcast. Um, This is episode 11, which is crazy. I can't believe I've done 11 episodes of this. Um, I don't know if people are still listening, but I'm going to keep making them just in case. (laughs) There's there's probably a couple of people out there still listening. Um, So yeah, I hope everyone is good. Um, If you do want to keep up with me more regularly, feel free to check out my Twitter and my Instagram, which are both at 21 and Sensory. Um, I tend to keep those a bit more updated than my podcasts because my podcasts, they're kind of every month. Um, that kind of suits me a bit better as, I don't know, it's it's quite, it's time consuming to put together a podcast, surprisingly, even though it's just me talking. Um, yeah, so do feel free to check me out on social media if you want to stay more up to date with stuff. Um, but let's get cracking. So on my um, last podcast, I did a little kind of reading of one of my previous blog posts. So I thought I'd do um, another kind of reading because sometimes it's nice to be read to rather than having to read something yourself. So basically I did a Chewy Gem review on my blog. So if you're new to Chewy Gem and you've never heard of them, just stick with me. So since I started my 21 and Sensory account on Instagram, I've like slowly been starting to see more and more posts about like how amazing Chewy Gem's products are. So I had a little look into it and Chewy Gem create like kind of stylish and also functional like chewing aids. So they're designed to look really good and they're almost like they're like jewellery. That's what they're described as because they look just like jewellery and you'd never be able to tell that they were chewable. So it's it's kind of quite fashionable to wear. Um, they're very popular with a lot of autistic people that I follow on social media and I was super keen to make a first order and kind of see what all the fuss was about. Just a little disclaimer here, um, this isn't sponsored, I just wanted to try out Chewy Gems products and I thought I'd write about it. So initially I was a little bit overwhelmed by all the choices on the website, they have a huge range, um, but I soon found, soon found out that each product was rated by durability flexibility, firmness, is it wearable, is it a fidget, and is it chewable? So I kind of knew that I wasn't a heavy kind of duty or hardcore chewer, and that I wanted some jewellery that I could wear around my neck, so something that was quite flexible, so I could fidget with it when it wasn't in my mouth. So I was immediately drawn to two different styles. So one was called Raindrops, and it literally looks like like a kind of like a drop of rain or like a drop of water and it looks like really shimmery so it kind of it almost looks like kind of iridescent when you hold it up to the light it kind of shimmers but it's also a little bit see-through and then the other one that looked really good was the spinner um they both come in the range of colors and i like the idea of the spinner because it doubles up as a fidget because um it has like a circular disc that sits inside the ring um, if you want to see pictures of both of these, um, just pop on over to my blog, which is 21sensory.wordpress.com. Just going to drop that little plug in there. Um, so I fell in love with the like gorgeous looking raindrop one. In um, the, It's called Aurora, the colour of it. Um, it kind of almost looks kind of petrol You know, like if like, you're at the petrol station and you see some petrol on the floor, it's that kind of shimmery kind of colour. 
um, and it just kind of looked really mesmerizing, so I was really sold on it. So the one thing I will say is that these jewelry options aren't necessarily cheap. So both of the um, the two options I've just mentioned were priced at £13.45. Um, so that's around $18 or €15, Euros, depending on where you are in the world. So um, they're really superb quality and I feel like they're really like built to last and they do stand the test of time. Um, I did actually also... Um, um, I managed to find a discount through Chewy Gem on Facebook, so that took off £2.69, and the Royal Mail first class postage was £3, so altogether I spent £13.76p, including VAT, and my order did arrive pretty quickly, so just a few days after. Um, if you want to see some pictures of that as well, pop on over to my blog. Um, so what do I think of my raindrop? I really love it. <laughs> I do... The one thing I will say is I regularly forget to put it on and I regret it instantly if I go out and I've left it at home. Um, but as long as I put it round, round my neck, it's something that is great, it's durable and it helps like alleviate anxiety. And having the need to, like I have a real need to have something to kind of chew or crunch on. Like I really love crunchy food and textures. Like I've said before on this, on like my blog, um, I think probably on my podcast, that I never have the feeling of being full after eating. Um, like I just for some reason never have it which is frustrating as I can always kind of feel hungry but this chew has helped me to stop before I eat and think am I actually hungry or is it just it might just be a need or like a pang to chew on something so I really love to fidget with the raindrop and it really does look amazing and it's really like glittery and shimmery when you hold it up to the light or like in daylight um, it's also thicker around one edge for like extra like sensory stimulation and the raindrop is attached to like a silky black cord. Um, it's it's quite a long cord, it's 94 centimetres but you can cut it to like desired length and it has like um, breakaway clasps um, so they're set to like break away if any like you know some you tug on it too hard sort of thing. Um, and all of Chewy Gem's silicone items are lead, latex, BPA, PVC, and ph- I can't even say this, phthalate free? Just look on my blog. <laughs> so the silicone can withstand high and low temperatures, and it doesn't like promote the growth of bacteria. So basically what I'm saying is all of the items can be washed in a dishwasher, sterilizer, or hot soapy water, and they're, you know, they're kind of made to last. Um, also, Chewy Gem do Chewy Bangles, fidget toys, discovery boxes, and other like kind of toys and gifts, which is quite um, good if you have, you know, someone who you think might like it. You could just kind of buy them something initially to see if they liked it. Um, they do also have some very popular subscription boxes. So um, I don't know if you've heard of Katie. She's um, uh, she has a YouTube channel. Um, called Invisible Eye and she does some really fab like Chewy Gem product reviews and I think she's also like an ambassador and works for them now um, so I would recommend if you just if you literally just type into YouTube Invisible Eye her channel will come up and Chewy Gem are based in Scotland UK uh, they do two types of subscription boxes so the VIC which is the very important chewer which gives you one Chewy Gem per month private access access to their Facebook group um, and also like a live kind of video link to discuss anything you like with one of the ambassadors and a sticker and that's £13.95 a month 
And then the Platinum Chewer Club is two Chewy Gems, two, why can't I say it? Two Chewy Gems per month, there we go. Private access to their Facebook group. Um, you'll be part of their like product testing team. So they're like Chewy testers. And um, you'll have like a say in how they develop new products and designs and colors and even like product naming. Um, also access to some special learning material and again the video um, live link um, to discuss anything you like um, with the growing community and um, a sticker as well and that's £19.95 a month. So I, I'm kind of potentially considering a Chewy Jump subscription in the future. The £19.95 subscription would be actually like a money saver when you consider that each Chewy item is usually priced around £13.45p individually. Um, so yeah, would I recommend checking out the Chewy Gem website and their products? 100%. So in my previous episode, I recorded a load of different noises from my kind of environments that I've been going through each day and then spoke about them afterwards. So I thought I'd do the same thing again because... I've been in a lot of different environments over the past month and I thought I'd share them with you and then I will go back and discuss how I felt and how I coped in each environment. So have a listen and see if you can guess where I was.
Okay, so those noises were, number one, I was in a restaurant and I just set my phone on the table and recorded it. Um, I think it was a McDonald's from what I can remember. Um, and I went in there with my brother and it was really noisy, like super noisy. And obviously like all the tills in McDonald's seem to make a weird beeping noise all the time. And it's like super distracting. I can't imagine what it's like to work there with all that noise. Um, but obviously it's quite a busy environment. So that's number one. Number two, um, was, uh, taking in a shopping center. Um, so again, quite a noisy environment, quite busy. Um, also I remember it being quite kind of not like claustrophobic, but kind of crowded. Um, so that was number two. Number three was a bit different. It was some coins, like tipping. So basically this was taken at work and it was someone who was counting um, some money, like some change out um, for the charity that our um, work kind of, we like donate money to every month. And she was counting up the money, um, one of my colleagues. So that was that. Number four, you probably guessed it, it was dogs barking. Not a lot to say about that, obviously. There's only so much you can do about dogs barking apart from either leave the environment or try and tell your dog off. But I'm totally against telling off dogs because they are adorable. Um, number five was a waterfall. So this was out um, when I was walking and um, I was dog walking actually. And um, yeah, it was just this really nice waterfall that I thought would sound good. And the sixth one was um, water running. Again, it was nearby. So I thought I'd just include that and then number seven i was just outside so yeah those are all of the noises that you just heard um again i thought it would be interesting to do another one of these just to show you the different environments i've been in this like month um yeah let me know what you think So I may have splurged on some new books recently. So if you go on my Instagram stories on my profile, you can view them all. But um, I really do love to read, but I'm finding it really hard to concentrate and sit and read for long periods of time. Like I really want to get into the habit of reading a bit each day. And I've heard great things about all these books I'm about to mention from like other people all over social media. So I thought I'd give them a go. Um, I'm going to do a book review on each of the books that I'm about to mention. And um, you can read them um or if you want to you can kind of read up about them on my blog i'm going to do some book reviews um so i've actually just published a new book review today um on my blog of laura james's um really fab book called odd girl out and um if you have a look on my instagram you can see i've taken a picture of a few books um the book i'm reading at the moment is called neurotribes and it's the legacy of autism and how to think smarter about people who think differently and this is by steve silberman um i've heard some really good things about this book on social media and also laura james in her book odd girl out she mentions him quite a bit um he's a um steve silberman the guy who wrote it is a journalist and um sort of prior to writing this book he didn't actually have that much knowledge on autism he's not autistic himself but um, he's kind of over five years wrote this book and gathered a lot of information on autistic people. And so far it's really good. I'm about 28 pages in and it's quite a kind of hefty, almost like a Harry Potter looking book. It's quite a lot of pages. Um, so I'll let you know um, on my blog. I'll do a little bit review of that. And then a couple of other books I've got 
um, is the highly sensitive person and the highly sensitive person in love, understanding and managing relationships when the world overwhelms you. And this is by someone called Elaine N. Aaron. And she's written like quite a few books on kind of sensitive people and sensory stuff. Um, But again, I saw these on social media and I think there's obviously highly sensitive people out there. And then there's kind of, I think the whole thing, like I'm, I have sensory processing disorder. I think that's kind of a step up. Um, but there are obviously highly sensitive people out there or people who refer to themselves like that. And I thought it'd be worth reading these books, especially about understanding and managing relationships. Cause when the world overwhelms you, it can be really difficult to, I don't know, as a, as a sensory person myself, it's difficult to interpret touch and smell, and all the different senses, obviously, and being in a relationship, everything's just that much more heightened, so yeah, um, those are the books that I'm going to be reading, um, I've also got another book that I've been reading, and hang on, let me grab it, it is right next to me, it's by someone called Lee Crutchley, and it's called How to Be Happy, and in brackets underneath it says, or at least um, less sad, so it's a different kind of self-help book, it claims that it can't fix you and it, it can't actually make you happy. But the good news is that no other book um, can either. Um, it's kind of, it's not a self-help book, but it's almost like a, if you've ever um, seen a like reckless journal book, it's a bit like that. So it's a creative and practical book and it helps you like draw, write, discover and remember like why things make you feel happy or at least less sad. Um, yeah, so it's kind of an explicit map that leads to a place where you're going to feel a bit better and maybe like more equipped to face life's kind of struggles I guess and it seems like from what I've flicked through it's got a lot of wisdom in it and there's more to kind of take from it when you finish it so um, it's a bright green book and it's on the front it says it's a creative workbook so it's less of a reading about your problems and more of a doing um, so that's good and then the other book that I got is from Kiki K. It's a stationery shop in the UK. I'm not sure if it's like worldwide. And it's called The Life Plan, like book. And in it, again, it's a bit like a workbook that you work through and you answer questions about your life. And like you're kind of, you plot like your life on a timeline and what you're hoping to achieve and things like that. So I've just started that book as well. Um, So a couple of workbooks and some more kind of reading books that I've been looking at recently. So I thought I'd read aloud the blog post that I've just published, which is a book review called Odd Girl Out. And the book is by Laura James. She's an author and a journalist, and she's the owner of a communications agency. She's a mum of four children, and she lives in North Norfolk in UK. And... Laura tracks the year of her life in this book after receiving a diagnosis of being autistic from her doctor. So here's a little synopsis. What do you do when you wake up in your mid-40s and realise you've been living a lie your whole life? Do you tell or do you keep it to yourself? Laura James found out that she was autistic as an adult. Odd Girl Out tracks a year of Laura's life after she receives a definitive diagnosis from her doctor as she learns that different doesn't need to mean less and how there is a place for all of us and it's never too late to find it. 
Laura draws on her professional and personal experiences and reflects on her life in the light of her diagnosis, which for her explains some of her differences, why, as a child, she felt happier spinning in circles than standing still, and why she has always found it difficult to work in places with a lot of ambient noise. Although this is a personal story, the book has a wider focus too, exploring reasons for the lower rate of diagnosed autism in women and a wide range of topics including eating disorders and autism, marriage and motherhood. This memoir gives a timely account from a woman negotiating the autistic spectrum from a poignant and personal perspective. So that synopsis is taken from Amazon.co.uk. So I feel like this book is phenomenal and the main reasons why are number one, whilst reading it I've never felt so understood. And number two, Laura is very open and forthcoming about her struggles and this is so refreshing. So the book covers Laura's autism assessment and diagnosis, childhood, teen years and adulthood so far. Um, it's fascinating to read how Laura was assessed and diagnosed aged 45 and how she has built up so many different coping mechanisms in order to function in a neurotypical world. Laura's book also goes into detail about things like relationship struggles and her special interests. This was particularly interesting to read about and it really emphasised how important special interests are to autistic people and it kind of reinforces the point that they should never be denied or taken away from someone. Um, and here is a quote from her. So, all my life I had tried to um, so hard to be neurotypical, but in that one moment it became utterly clear that I was never going to fit into that mould. So that's after her um, assessment. And that was a quote from The Guardian, um, from an article that Laura James wrote. So Laura writes about all the daily and mundane things that for some of us can be a struggle, like working in an open plan office. Neurotypical people can deal with this environment okay, and sometimes even enjoy being able to talk to people freely around them. For Laura, and for me, it's nothing short of a bloody nightmare. So the sound levels change so frequently in an open plan office that it can be quiet one moment and so loud the next and you can't think or function properly. Bright strobe office lights can be distracting and too much to bear. And if you haven't already, um, why not read about my fluorescent jacket troubles in my own office on my blog post. So um, anyway, not to mention there's a various kind of different smells going on, people touching you from behind to grab your attention, etc. Anyway, new experiences are really are so overwhelming. And this book really opens your eyes to the world around you and makes you think twice when you're in these sort of environments. Um, the depictions of autism that are kind of mainstream at the moment seem to be from things such as Rain Man, The Curious Incident and the Netflix series Atypical. This is all well and good, but these films and shows sum up autism to be generally a very male condition when really it's not at all. So female autism is less documented and it's less kind of understood. And I feel that Laura touches on this. A lot of female autistics mimic others around them in things like social situations and are able to get by by coping and learning from others' behaviours. I think this is why a lot of girls are going undiagnosed for so long, because we're, we're just kind of able to manage and put on an act and mimic others to get by okay in life. Um, a lot of girls are told they don't seem to be autistic, and I think this is because we are able to cope on the surface of things and learn behaviours such as keeping good eye contact in order to fit in. It's all about being able to pass socially in order to stay under the radar and to kind of seem normal. And I kind of think that's pretty awful, like, don't you think? Like, I have to constantly push myself into new situations that I don't want to do and I can't cope with um, just in order to seem normal. Um, then I kind of have meltdowns before and after these because it requires so much energy and is so hard, like, sensory-wise. It's obviously slightly tricky to write a book kind of review and I don't want to give away a large section of like what happens because people might want to read it. 
um, I do just want to mention like a couple of things. This book was a bit hard to read and like, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's always going to be difficult to read a book on someone else's life, especially if they struggle with the same things as me or you. I found that a lot of the autism and sensory parts of the book made me upset or triggered bad thoughts and feelings. This did not put me off and should not put you off either. Um, I think I just resonated with a few of Laura's struggles so much that I couldn't help but feel upset, but also relieved like all at the same time. And yes, I cried through parts of this book, but I've only admitted that to be honest and because so many things Laura mentioned echoed my own struggles. Um, the one other thing to mention is that this book can be slightly hard to follow at certain points as Laura jumps back and forth from her childhood memories um, to life in the present day. But it might this might just be a dyslexic thing that I struggle to keep track of. Um, I'm going to admit I'm going to admit something to you that you've probably already guessed um, by reading my blog or listening to my podcast is that I've always actually been the odd girl out throughout my life. I have constantly struggled with the seemingly normal and mundane things that. Um, you know, through my childhood to my current early adulthood, other people have managed to do just fine. I hate all the things that neurotypical and young adults seem to love doing, like going to loud places, loud music, meeting up with friends, going to new places, parties in general, restaurants, going on holiday, buying new clothes, things like drinking alcohol or going to like super bright or colourful environments, trying new food and travelling. Like, look, the list is actually never ending. The point I'm getting at is, this book made me feel less alone. I know that sentence is a little bit sad, but it's true. Because having these struggles all the time is very, very tiring. And nobody else seems to understand me, obviously, apart from my mum. Or nobody really understands what goes on in my head. This book gives me just a little bit of hope for the future, which is obviously a good thing. I've actually passed this book on to my mum, who is currently reading it. And I really think that this book gives such an insight into... Um, into what goes on in Laura's mind and highlights what other autistic people struggle with every day. So how would I sum this book up? I think that Laura learns that different doesn't need to mean less and that there is like a place for us all even if we think it might be a bit late it's never too late to find it. And a conclusion from this whole review is that if you can you have to read this book no matter who you are. Recently on Twitter I've been reading about the Autism Show, which is a national event for autism. It's actually in association with the National Autistic Society and there have been a kind of a few different events, so one in London, one in Birmingham and one in Manchester. And um, it, the event kind of offers more information, help and advice on autism, including Asperger's Syndrome, um, apparently than anywhere else in the UK. Um, it also says that at each of those events you can choose from over 100 hours of talks, clinics and workshops, plus hundreds of specialist products and services. Um, so some of the highlights include talks from um, doctors, um, programme leaders and lecturers at the UK branch of the International Autism Institute. Um, there's also a few different kind of computer scientists, political activists, autistic speakers, um, and someone who plays the actor Travis Smith and Lucy Gaskell, who play Mark and his mum Sophie in the BBC's The A Word. Um, so I've read a bit about it on Twitter and things like that. And I think it's a great idea, the autism show, don't get me wrong. But so many people have mentioned online about how it's a very noisy and busy environment. Um, so if I have a look on the website, the... The main show is in London, it's already been, um, and it's at the Excel Centre, which is a huge venue. Um, 
Anyway, people online have mentioned how it's been very noisy and it's a really busy environment with bright lights. And it seems to be a place that can cause a lot of sensory overload. Like, I realise that, of course, like, any show will have lots of exhibitors in one place and that there is the option of, like, there is actually, like, an option of a quiet side room to get away from the environment for a bit. But I think what I'm struggling with is that so many people have, like, a lot of anxiety and meltdowns before these sorts of, like, events. Um, And it should be a place that people kind of look forward to going to and meeting and understanding other like-minded people. So I've kind of been put off from going to it just by reading what others like me have experienced. Um, I'd love to know any other opinions and feedback people have, so feel free to reach out um, on Twitter or Instagram. Um, it's at 21andSensory, or email me 21andSensory at gmail.com. I'd just like to know what other people think, really. But I just feel for something that is, you know, branded as the autism show, it doesn't feel very inclusive of people who are autistic and struggle to get to and from busy events and struggle with the situation generally. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Okay, so the very last thing that I want to talk about on my podcast this month is iPads. Now, I am a creative designer by trade, you may or may not know that. Um, I actually work full-time as a creative designer, and I also studied graphic design at uni. Now, I've been using a Wacom tablet at work, which is like a digital drawing tablet, which you plug into your computer, um, and you kind of draw on it whilst looking at the screen. So I've been thinking more and more about buying an iPad Pro, because you can use it with an Apple Pencil. So I'm a bit of an Apple fan, although my iPhone is essentially a corded phone. It dies so often it's mostly plugged in at the wall. Um, but yeah, I thought, do you know what? I will save up for an iPad Pro and it'll be something that I can use at home um, and kind of make things for my 21th century Instagram um, and just designs in general. But also something that I can use at work as well, um, just because it'll be much easier to draw straight onto a tablet kind of screen rather than do it via like looking at a computer because obviously if I'm drawing on something that isn't a screen I'm having to look up at a separate screen it's not like the true drawing experience if that makes sense so anyway I have just bought an iPad Pro um, which is very exciting Um, there were three different size screens I could have gone for there was a 9.7 inch the 10.2 I think it is inch and then there's like the 12.9 which is like ridiculous it's huge it's like it's almost like a computer screen it's crazy so I didn't go for that and I went for the one in the middle I went for 10.2 I think it is yeah um and I got I think I got quite a bit of storage I think it was I think it was like 64 gig something like that um yeah so I've been using it and it's great it's it's great because I can blog on it I can draw on it I can type on it and it's almost like having a personal computer with me all the time, but obviously a lot less heavier than carrying a laptop around. Um, also, it's great for things like Pinterest and like ideas on the go. And I've also um, been reading some books on it as well. So if you are kind of thinking about maybe looking into tablets, iPads and things like that, feel free to message me. Because um, it did take me, it's been about eight months worth of research and I watched so many YouTube videos on like Apple Pencil and iPad Pro and what designers say and you know is it worth the price and things like that and I think for me it has been um I'm still gonna um 
like look into like YouTube tutorials and things but I would totally recommend it I'm really enjoying it and it's great even just for like watching YouTube and Netflix and things like that on it so yeah I do totally recommend it but I thought I would just share that with you guys um other than that I think the only other thing that I was going to mention was that um it's been super hot in the UK um the past two weeks and I've been really struggling with my clothing at the moment so I really struggle to I don't know I like I can't wear t-shirts just t-shirts out I, I just can't I can't have my arms on show I'm not sure why I just am not comfortable with it sensory wise and I have to wear jeans like skinny jeans all the time um so I can't wear shorts um I can't, I can't wear skirts. I, I, I say I can't wear skirts. I hate wearing skirts and I hate wearing dresses. So <laughs> the only options are shorts or jeans. And I'm not comfortable wearing shorts. So jeans it is. So I've been wearing... I always wear Converse's. That's just what I wear um, all the time. So I usually wear Converse's, skinny jeans, a t-shirt with a shirt or a jumper over the top. That is me in kind of comfy land. That is what I like to wear. And I don't really care what other people say about it obviously I do it gets me upset but I try not to um so people have been commenting this week like, oh Emily you must be baking like yeah I am kind of baking because it's ridiculously hot but oh, I'm not comfortable in just a t-shirt and shorts or a t-shirt and skirt or just a dress I'm just it's not me I can't do it so it's a struggle um I've been trying to just wear like a shirt over a t-shirt and even that is difficult um, I like to wear really long shirts that like cover my legs and long shirts that cover like my bum. I'm quite like body conscious. Um, I don't know why particularly, I just am. I'm not very confident in my own skin and I never really have been. Um, but I used to be able to wear t-shirt and shorts, but for some reason as I've grown older I just find it really difficult. Um, so that's what I'm struggling with at the moment. Um, I don't know it's very difficult to know what the best thing to do is because I'm comfortable in what I'm wearing um even if I'm hot um does anyone else struggle with hot weather or like going on holiday and having to change what they're wearing or like I know a lot of people got like image con conscious in like um swimming costumes and things like that which I can totally understand because you it's pretty much your entire body on show um so does anyone else struggle with it? <laughs> Is it just me? Am I the only one wearing jeans and jumpers and things? Let me know. Um, so yeah, that's it for this month's podcast. Um, do feel free to get in contact with me via social media, Twitter and Instagram. You know it's 21 and Sensory. Um, and my blog is 21andsensory.wordpress.com. Um, and feel free to email me, 21andsensory at gmail.com. And yeah let me know what you think of this podcast it's episode 11 and i will speak to you next time okay bye